Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. And friends, welcome back to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today, we have something special for you. We brought a special guest. We like to bring the, the best of the best, the experts, you know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> we have Nikki here at Kalisi. How's it going? How you doing today? I'm really good. Thank you for having me. How are you guys? Hey, we're doing great. As I think you, you yeah. need to emphasize though, it's at Kale EC. Sorry. Kale, Kale like underscore Brassica. EC. Right. You know, <laughs> right. I had back in the day, so Nikki, I had a, a kale shake that I went to find the video somewhere and it was just full it was there was so much kale and it kind of turned kale. me off of kale for a while. Um because it was just too much. But now I'm back. I, I kinda eased in with some baby spinach, but get my greens in. Uh, my wife is all about the vegetarian lifestyle, so we that's that's what we eat. That's what we do. So now there's kale in my fridge. First time in years. So just want to say that I'm back on right. the kale train. You you're that's probably amazing. gonna have to tell you're probably gonna have to tell the story of how you got the you know handle kale easy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So this was oh. I don't know how many years ago I was this is such a boring story I was on holiday in the Lake District um in the UK with my friends and I think we were playing Game of Thrones Monopoly um and I'm, I'm big on like eat your greens vegetables great for you um and my friends were taking the mick out of me um and it literally I think one of them said like oh we should just start calling you KLEC and that's that's just how it stuck um so yeah that's where that came from that's great that's I, I, it's cool Literally, think it's awesome. Yeah, and and so, like the other big thing too. So this is your this is your handle for your TikTok, and yes. Instagram, right? I think it's both. And Instagram, yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I uh, found Nikki on TikTok. I was just scrolling through, and you know, it's one of those things where this is kind of the way I've found TikTok works. Is you're scrolling through, and like something pops up in your feed, and like okay, you watch it, you hit the like button, and. Then, you know, you're scrolling through your feed again. And then like the next day or whatever, a, a video from that same creator pops up. And so by like, and so you watch it, you like it. So about like by the third or fourth time, typically is like, okay, then you just hit follow. And then it was just like video after video. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to message her. Uh, and I tried to message you on TikTok, but apparently you can't message people on TikTok unless they are following yeah. you. Okay, and you know so I, no. So I actually typed up the message that I sent you on Instagram, which you can. Uh, and I actually sent it. And then I realized on the, on the thing luckily you had like responded immediately you were like yeah this sounds great 
because I realized how stupid that message was that I sent you because I'm like, hey, I like your content here on TikTok is great, but I sent it to you on Instagram. And I was like, well, now I look like a moron. So, <laughs> so it, it worked out. No, so it worked I, just, I just assumed that you'd clicked through because I think I've, I've got the link on my TikTok to my Instagram. You do. So I yeah. assumed you oh. just clicked through from that. So it didn't look stupid at all. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, that's okay. So, well, I think about half of everything I do looks stupid. So anywho, <laughs> uh, Nikki, you do great content on TikTok um just diving through a lot of people's questions and everything just sort of about game of thrones and the song of ice and fire the show uh i think you said you sort of consider yourself you know on this on this show it's like i always joke that i'm a targaryen loyalist it sounds like you are a lannister loyalist yes um i thought i would get a little bit of pushback for that um because a lot of the stuff i post is very pro lannister um and i know that they're diabolical um and I thought a lot of people might come after me for sort of defending some of the things that they do, or at least trying to justify. Um, but, but there hasn't been anywhere. Everyone's been really, really nice, which has been shocking, but lovely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely in the Lannister camp, I think. Awesome. Okay, well, that works out great. Because yeah, what we're talking today is we're going to do sort of a just House Lannister winds of winter like theory prediction kind of guide and uh, we're going to take a look at obviously the big three Tyrion, cersei and jamie but we're going to start with kevin lannister and sort of what we think the fallout of his death is going to be um as and i try to use i not always but just in some cases we look at the show as sort of like some level of what happens in the show has to be <clears throat> true like it has to be an outline, uh, like a frame, like me. E even <laughs> if even if it's like a loose framework, like yes, some level of it is going to go down that kind of path. But and then some seem like it's just there's no way. It's, there's obviously some. There's no way it's even going to be close because like Sansa, for example, is not in the yes. role of Jane. You know, Pool, who's like Arya, Star, all that stuff. So. House Lannister, though, uh, I think could maybe go down something, but there's still a lot that's totally different. So that's just, I guess, somehow how we sort of frame our mindsets, but not that we have to, but just sort of in the event we go down that route, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. is kind of, I guess, something that's always it in happens. the back of our mind. Right. Yes. It happens. Yep. So, okay. So we'll start with Kevin Lannister. So at the end of Dance of Dragons, I mean, talk about total change uh, from <laughs> from the show, because in the show, Kevin is one of the ones that's blown up in the Sept of Baylor. Kevin Lannister also in the books is way more important than he is in the show, like almost a totally different character where once Tywin kind of dies, he steps in and he is this patriarchal overseer of the family and he's really the one making a lot of decisions and he's doing a lot of great political maneuvering, I think, really to set House Lannister up. And honestly, he might be, I guess, the 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 figure to look at all. He's there's all these political moves that he was planning on making before he dies. Like you see that in the in the he's in the epilogue, right? of a dance of dragons and then Varys ultimately kills him. But he's he's thinking about, well, you know, um, uh uh who was it as that we were talking about last week that he he was planning on bringing back the um mary weathers right hey we oh yeah bring, yeah exactly bring yeah. them back Orton. yeah Orton mary weathers. Or, yeah 
all of these all of these uh figures he could they we could bring back and then he's killed yeah so now cersei has lost another sort of key lannister figure that's running the show and it feels like everything so all of that weight is about to fall on her after she's just come back so cersei's yeah. like cersei's gonna be like probably the most exciting to talk about but um so just th thoughts we'll start with you nikki uh since you're the guest like what do we like what do you think the fallout sort of of oh. heaven's death is is going to be do you know what part of me thinks that cersei is going to enjoy it because mm -hmm. so um what let me try and get my timing right so joffrey dies mm -hmm. um then we lose tywin and she asks jamie to be tommen's hand and Jamie mm -hmm. refuses. She then goes to Kevin like it's the best idea that she's ever had. And of course, mm -hmm. I would come straight to you, Kevin. Mm -hmm. And Kevin's response is no, because I know you've asked Jamie mm -hmm. and they have this, this back and forth. And eventually he agrees on the condition that Cersei goes back to Casterly Rock. And it's pretty much says to her, you did such a bad job with Joffrey. You can't stay here. I cannot trust you to keep an eye over Tom. And so I will become Tommen's regent. You need to leave. And she doesn't do it. So I think after everything that's happened with the faith militant, Cersei's going to be terrified that Kevin's... So Kevin's come back to clean up her mess, basically. I think in her mind, she'll be panicking. Okay, well, what's Kevin going to do to me? I think if you remove him, I think Cersei is going to see that as an opportunity to take power back for herself. She's She's got no sort of hindsight, bless her. Everything mm -hmm. she does is just a mistake. <laughs> so, right. yeah, um, I'm not sure how she's going to spin it because I think Varys' intention was to either make it look like it was Tyrion to either wind up Cersei or have the Tyrells think it was Cersei herself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, um, I'll be interested to see how Cersei takes that one, but I think she'll, she'll use that as an opportunity to kind of get her power back. Yeah. That's my opinion. I don't know what you guys think. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that, I think that's interesting that she that she would think that, and and that's a great little recap, by the way, too, because it's this whole um, it is a mess. She's absolutely you know created this mess, and she she does want just her brother there and the whole thing, and it's it's you know then he goes off and does his thing. At first, Kevin's like he's got to get his house in order and help uh, uh, Lancel out, and then you know once Cersei is is taken, yeah, we got to go back and um, make make things right. So that's a really really interesting point you know it kind of does matt said we would maybe drift into the show but i i almost wonder if it does catapult her into like well there's no one to check her you know what i mean there's really right like and actually it's what varus wants anyways which is chaos cersei right. is gay like just let her let she is already doing exactly what varus wants and yeah. it's almost one of the reasons why varus sort of hints at the idea that he like he likes to you know he, he helps Tyrion once Tyrion gets in uh, I wonder if there's actually more to to the whole uh, how Tywin and everyone knew about him bringing Shay in because again, Varys is seemingly friendly, but Tyrion provides too much stability. He's too like you know he's doing things the right way and and makes sense, and so does Tywin. So that's not what Varys wants. Varys is like bragging at the end, and people debate whether or not this is uh, true or is he just I don't know. He's he's bragging to to Kevin, isn't he about um, Aegon? Like he's, he's like yes. talking about, yeah, young Griff and all those things. And so um, I feel like this is, this is what he, what, what he wants. And so, yeah. So to Nikki's point, Cersei will, will gladly 
step in here and it's the crossbow like there's the, there's the bolt to the chest right um similar to what how tywin died i think isn't there a is there a lannister mark or, or not a, a tyrell i feel like there was something else planted and yeah. i have to go look it up that might indicate that it was someone else like there was Varys just the way this was conducted um i think is is to to point to various you know people that would create mistrust between cersei and this person or more just paranoia about um Tyrion, maybe isn't yeah because kevin a... oh, go... no, oh, go ahead. sorry isn't there a plant in um Tyrion's cell after he's freed um someone leaves a coin one of the coins yeah. that Orlando tyrell carries around with her so that cersei thinks oh yeah. right well the tyrells have done this to sort of start you. that snowball so yeah that would make sense if there was one with kevin as well yeah yeah because uh well Varys says real quick as um you know that he when he kills kevin he's you know he bears him no malice but he cannot allow kevin to undo cersei's misrule so it is it is Varys. it is Varys saying to kevin he's like look cersei's doing such a bad job we can't have this (laughs) we can't mess this up we can't it's like like, we can't (laughs) mess this up man he's she's sabotaging herself yeah yeah she's doing exactly what they what they want um because it is so it's one of those things where I, I always accuse well, I don't accuse I love George George R. R. Martin is my I, I say let him finish the books but sometimes I see the story going outward you know I just keep seeing these threads just going out this is one moment with the Kevin situation where if it is true and you we're getting a connection between Varys and Illyrio and we're starting to understand their their plot and their scheme it's starting to kind of bring things back together and we're starting to, to get this idea that um, this is what they want. This is this is the path forward for uh, young Griff, Aegon, what have you. It's just to cause all of this all this chaos. And there, there's all these supposed Targaryen loyalists, uh, Alistarian, and so on, who will be around ready to answer that call when young Griff marches in there and, and takes over, which is another thing we can talk about later. But I think, uh, yeah, the, the Kevin situation is a big deal. The other the other thing that's a big deal is Jamie's uh, proximity to King's Landing, the fact that he's not there. So it is just Cersei. You know, it's not like there's some other voice of reason who's there with her that's a family member. It's just she's all kind of bristled up uh, in terms of, like, protecting, you know, her her family. I mean, Ke- even though Kevin kind of slights her here and there, that, that it, she, she would trust him more than she would trust the, this person or that person. So she does go to, I mean, approach him at one point. Um so now I think she's just going to be seeing, you know, I don't know, little Tyrions or uh, Tyrell plots all over the place. Yeah. So here's the, uh, so I, I, I got the, um, the, uh, there we go. The, book, the, the, the text, you know, the text pulled up here. So, right. So what happens, right, is it's kind of interesting because Varys comes in and he tells, he tells Kevin, um, you know, I thought the co- the crossbow fitting. You shared so much with Lord Tywin. Why not that? Your niece will think the Tyrells had you murdered. Mayhaps, of course, that's mm-hmm. the word to let everyone know that you know that's li- uh, it's sort of a lie or anything. Um, with uh, the convenience of the imp, the Tyrells will suspect suspect her. Uh, someone somewhere will find a way to blame the Dornishman. Doubt. Division and mistrust will eat the very ground beneath your boy king, whilst Aegon raises his banner above Storm's End, and the lords of the realms gather around him. And then he goes into it being Aegon, Young Griff, Fagon, right? You want to get on that route too? Um, and then he tells him he's been he's been shaped for this this whole deal. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, yeah well so done, yeah, Derek. I man, well I'm done. <laughs> I, yeah, 
I know Varys. Varys is is much more developed in the in the in the books, obviously, than he is in the show, where he's just doing it for for the realm, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so okay, so let's uh, we'll look at Jamie. We'll kind of shift gears here, as because you were kind of bringing up um, Jamie, because Jamie's kind of in the middle of really, I think, all of this. Whereas, like you know, Cersei's very on one side. Tyrion obviously is well; he's on the other side of the world. Um, and we'll kind of talk about them all, obviously, because they're all connected. But uh, so Jamie, right? He's out and around doing stuff, right? So the way his yeah. kinds of end ends is after uh, settling matters at Raven Tree, Jamie and his men head back to River Run. They make camp at Penny Tree, where the locals are still wary of travelers and king's men and will not allow Jamie's men to enter the holdfast, right? Because they're trying to take River Run. Jamie decides not to follow the advice of Kenos of Case who recommends that he storm the Holdfast. While at Penetry, Jamie receives an unexpected visit from Brienne of Tarth. She tells Jamie that she has found Sansa, who is a day's ride away. She claims, however, that Jamie must go with her alone or else the Hound will kill the girl. Yeah, it's totally real serious. <laughs> yeah, so as we'll, we'll go, we'll go in the opposite direction. <laughs> opposite direction this time. So like what I mean. So what are we what are you thinking is going to be like Jamie's sort of arc in Winds of Winter? Yeah, and this is I'm excited to see what Nikki thinks on this, too, because I, I kind of wonder if it's going to go like he's, he's on this uh, redemption arc. Is he is he going to learn how to uh, is he, he's getting better with his other his his left hand, right? Um, non sword hand and, and his his training and stuff but it seems like they're going into a i i'm very confused about this i, I don't know i don't think that that uh brian uh brian brian the audio uh, yeah. he says he says it three different ways like brian brian uh, <laughs> right. of, of is going i don't know what is she going to to actually deliver him to lady stoneheart um or along the way does she have another plan because uh, I've wondered a lot about like is Thoros of of uh, of Mir going to do so? Is he going to stop this? Is he going to try to, you know, intervene in some way or the other? You know, because the the Brotherhood without banners is kind of split, fractured a little bit. Um, there's just a lot of killing going on over there. I don't see. I don't. You know, I don't see him going there and dying. I don't see him going and being you know killed. Right. Um, I kind of like you know the show takes him even further north and he seems to be this sort of hero who might. Uh, <clears throat> contribute in some way whether it be a commander or even just as a great swordsman left-handed uh I, th I think that'd be really cool and maybe he and uh brianne get closer that that that's possible that i think they, they there is a closeness there between them he's he gave her um the oath keeper is that right the sword yeah yes so i don't really i see him going further and further away from cersei which which allows cersei just to kind of keep like the bubbling madness and the chaos to to continue to the point where when he ever if he ever does return it is interesting how the show did that like that all this has gone on and then still in the end they're embracing or whatever i don't know that's going to go down but i i feel like he he's going to have a, a shift in some way i i really have no idea what he's gonna i mean what george is going to do with with those two with the brother sister relationship there but I, I feel like he is going to go into the more of these northern riverland slash veil slash um northern affairs and and be in it somehow because he's been taken into it. like like brianne has taken him there not because he wants to his job was just to come up here uh to river run and you know deal with the blackfish so yeah i i, I honestly don't 
know where where I take him if I take him all the way north or or not. I'm really interested just to see what happens with Lady Stoneheart because I just don't think that Brienne's going to do that. Just hand him over, you know, to her. Nikki, what do you think? I don't know. Um, I, I did a little video about this actually. Um, so again, it's pure speculation. Um, and I'm happy to be challenged on it. So give it to me. So it's interesting what you're saying about going back to Cersei because the last thought Jamie has about Cersei in A Dance with Dragons is he realizes he's got to go back soon and he just doesn't want to. It's kind of like, oh God, I really don't want to do that. And then I think Brienne shows up in the next couple of pages. Um, and I don't think Brienne would be able to go through with it. Um, I feel like there's going to be some conflict because she's obviously sworn an oath to Kat um, to protect Sansa, etc. Um, but that's what she's doing with Jamie now. And I feel like their, their bond has grown to a point where I feel like Brienne recognises that there is a good, um, you know, there is goodness in Jamie. And I wonder if Jamie is genuinely going to start asking, like, speculating like oh right okay so we're gonna we're gonna get Sansa so what do we do with her now how do we make sure that we how do we make sure that she's safe and that gets Brienne thinking like oh he right he genuinely does want to keep her safe and I'm about to lead him into a trap where Lady Stoneheart's just gonna kill him I can't do this so I wonder if Brienne's gonna fess up or if Jamie's gonna figure it out um but I don't see her walking him in there and him either mm -hmm. not knowing or her sort of keeping a straight face, I don't think she'll be able to do it. Yeah. Can, can I just real quick interject? Because I, yeah, I, I yeah. just had a thought here. Like, and this mm. is what we do, Nikki, sometimes. We we roll down right. these rabbit holes here. Rabbit uh, holes. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there is, like, there's this whole bit where, um, like, Jamie, it's, like, the, the, one of the best lines, and I, I can't quote it right now, but it's, like, the idea that which, which of the oaths do you keep? You know, which right. of the, and then she has Oath Keeper. Um, and so she has this oath to Catelyn, who is dead. This is Lady Stoneheart, a vengeful spirit of her, some sort of whatever. Not necessarily that she would be breaking, I think, the oath to to Catelyn. It like would, that. Yeah, totally different, right? Yeah. And I also think it goes more to her character development, her being more dynamic and saying, I get it now, Jamie. I see the choice that was put before you. This is not. To, to fulfill this oath or whatever is is not necessarily an honorable thing to do and i think before she was caught by surprise you know uh brianne was caught by surprise and she's got pod there she's she's taking care of him uh so she 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 agrees to go along with this for a, for a time i think w even if she does bring him all the way there she could get a sense from other members that maybe this is not what they want or Maybe she just fights their way out of there. I don't know. There's going to be something that clicks and, and turns over. And I guess even from that moment, too, I wanted to bring up the idea that a lot of you, you were talking about what does Jamie think about? He thinks about returning to Cersei. And even prior to that, he's thinking about how he wants to do a better job uh, defending Tommen and be a better like uh, commander of the Kingsguard and all that kind of stuff. He's really into that. That's really where he's at. So he could, if he, like you, like you said, Nikki, decide, all right, we got to figure out the whole Sansa thing, go along with Brienne for a while, or what would draw him back would be this idea of not really necessarily Cersei, but Tommen, where they're under attack. That's my job. That's my, I, like, then he's back into, like, I got to fulfill that oath and protect my, it's almost like a redemption situation where he now can defend the king because Robert didn't really need the defending. Joffrey did, but, you know, that was, uh, you know, 
Right. Yeah. You, you know, another thing I like what you said is about about Tommen because the show sort of gives us a lot more of Tommen with like the high sparrow kind of befriending him and sort of influencing that none of that's in the books. Uh, so like, so the idea that Tommen could even go down that line could be totally different. Like, I mean, there's so many potential scenarios. If Cersei still blows up the, if Tommen doesn't, um, kill himself like he does in the show, which I think as and I are pretty big believers is not going to happen in the books. What if Tommen is like that figure that sort of realizes Cersei, if she does, say, blow up the Sept of Baelor and kills Marjorie? Like, if it goes down that route, Tommen could say, like, you know, because he's a lot younger. No, I don't I don't like you. You just did this. I mean, kids are, you know, you mm-hmm. take their toy away. They get upset. Now you're going to take his, like, wife away. I mean, he's going to freak out and lose his mind. Um, yeah. I don't think he's, he's – and he's not going to kill himself. So if Jamie goes back and – Tommen is there to say things to him and influence whatever that could definitely rip them apart. And then of course there's Marcella who's still alive right now. That's going to, that's going to change his direction too. Um, and not that I want to shift gears cause I, I want to stay on that, but real quick, the language used is kind of interesting. And in the last little bit of Jamie's lines here. So when Brienne walks up, he doesn't just see Brienne. He, mm-hmm. he scrambles to his feet and he says, Oh, let me, uh, I'll put it up on the screen here. Um, he's, oh, no, sorry, this one. Yeah, he scrambles uh, to his feet. My lady, I, I had not thought to see you again. Gods be good. She looked 10 years older than when I saw her last. Um, uh, and what happened to her face? That bandage, you've been wounded, you know, a bite. Uh, and then she gives him Oath Keeper and he says, I found it. But it's sort of like, is he, is he gonna, is we, starting to be like i don't know you know he's looking at her god she looks 10 years older and her face mm-hmm. is bent like her she's already like described in the books to be like way uglier than obviously she is on tv because gwendolyn christie plays her and she's you know captain phasma she's freaking gorgeous so yeah. like is that gonna be like something too that is gonna like maybe he doesn't find her like you know there's that like hints of attraction throughout is he gonna not find her that way uh, in in the books too? So I mean, that's we could dive into that after, but I just wanted to bring it up just as I had well, yeah. it, had it up here because really because one of the things I was gonna ask Nikki is the the idea. So there are theories that like um, that Cersei might go back to the Rock, might go back to to uh, Casterly Rock, uh, or or stay in King's Landing. That people believe different things. And it's like, what would move her there? What would take Jamie further north? You know, like th- those types of things that because you can go almost any like there's so many different directions that you can go, which is also why I think it takes forever to write a story like that. I think George knows where it's going to go. But like at the same point in time that he's got a hint at those things and he's he's letting people kind of figure it out. The foreshadowings there, the breadcrumbs are all there. Right. So for me, I, I like to think about what would take Cersei it would, it would maybe be like Jay, if Jamie does go back to King's Landing, it's him saying, no, we're under siege or if there's a way to get her out or do whatever. He, he's he got that um, tactical mind that would if they're overrun and there is no way family first save people if, if he does that. But if he's also not there, she could be taken prisoner. You know, there's a ton of different things that could happen. What do you think? Any, any thoughts on where they might go? Like just Cersei or Jamie or. <laughs> 
kind of sticking on those two? Um, do you know, I, that, that's the problem. There are too many variables. Um, it depends on what Griff or Aegon, whichever way we want to right. call him, depends on what his plan is, um, because he's just landed at Storm's End with half an army. Mm -hmm. um, and I do wonder what, uh, well, we know what Dawn are going to do. Um, they've been sort of playing the long game. Um, we know that Doran's just found out that Aegon's alive. Um, I want to know what the Tyrells are going to do because they're traditionally Targaryen loyalists. So that's, I, oh, that's I think mm -hmm. that's yeah. going to be the deciding factor. Um, so I, I went down a rabbit hole on one of my videos um, and it, it, was, it was to do with if Tyron was still alive, how would he, how would he handle that situation? Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what the Tyrells do because they're meant to be loyal to the Lannisters, but we know their loyalty is quite easily bought. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really know what else to say on it because it's, just, <laughs> we could we could right. speculate for hours. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely interesting. And there's a lot. I mean, there's a handful of characters like that because um, even using like the framework of the show, it's like okay, like. Just for example, like, okay, John's probably going to get resurrected. Stannis and Ramsey are going to do their thing. But then you've got a handful that are not anywhere close to where they are in the show. Um, you know, like Sansa. It's like, uh, she can go in ton tons of directions. Young Griff doesn't exist. Jamie, oddly, is actually where he's at in, mm -hmm. in the show before we go off off book. He's he goes to he, he goes to River Run and then he turn he goes back to king's landing but part of that is actually a kind of cool scene in the show i thought and i remember the trailer getting hyped for it was when jamie shows up at like the the step the step of baylor and he's got like this lannister army like i'm about oh, to take yeah. over. i'm about to like like yeah we're about <clears throat> to take over um and of course that is totally changed so the faith also seems less powerful in the book than they did in the show. They definitely did a good job of making them sort of like a one season, one and a half season, really a uh, villain. So with that, if, J if Jamie is going to go ultimately to meet up with lady Stoneheart, which I think is possible um, and, and likely because obviously, you know, Brian lies and says that the hound's gonna, the hound's going to kill her. Mm -hmm. We don't know. You know, the hound, I think, is the grave digger. I do think the hound is going to come in and actually be part of something to deal with the faith, but that's not going to be Jamie's arc. Then, yeah, I think your other scenarios are Jamie goes to Storm's End first, or maybe Storm's End is over by the time he's done with Lady Stoneheart, and then he has to go down and deal with, with the faith slash see what's going on with, with Cersei. And his arc I think is going to entirely depend on whether Marcella is alive and whether Tommen is alive when he, when he, when he does show up to King's Landing. Cause I, I do still think we will get that, that sort of confrontation like we saw in the show where he's like, okay, Cersei, I'm like, I'm out. Like I'm, I'm done with you. I don't yeah. know that we're going to have a dragon pit and all this other stuff. <laughs> and uh, you know, like all this, all this, all this other stuff that happens first. But I do think that he will go down there and Cersei will kick him out. Assuming Cersei lives through, you know, in through the through the next book. And like young Grip doesn't say like, 
take over that and we just move into more of a it's now Daenerys and young Griff Jon Snow story. Yeah, I think to George said, I don't know where this was. Maybe it was an interview or something that he did because we got to finally see in the show Casterly Rock. So we had a character. I think he might take us there, whether it's through because isn't Jane Westerling heading head, heading back that way. I think yes. at some point, yeah, she's yeah. heading towards there. So maybe we'll see see it through a different character. But I, you know, there's some speculation that we might uh, see one of our Lannister folk uh, over over there because we never have really, really, really been there. And it's it's a place we've heard so much about that I think it'd be cool to explore in the book. And I just don't know which character he does it through, though. You know, yeah. Because yeah. in the show, we, yeah. the, we the only time we see Casterly Rock is when they pull a double fake, right? And they <laughs> Okay, we're gonna go take Casterly Rock. Well, we're not here, so deal with it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think that's. I don't think that's happening uh, at all. Right. Um, okay. Well, uh, do you guys have any more? Do you have anything else on Jamie? You guys want it before we hit? Uh, just go hardcore into Cersei. Well, I, I don't. The, the only thing is, and I, I've not really done a whole lot of looking into it here recently, but like all that stuff that happens, you remember all of those, uh, like the weird visions and dreams that he has on the Weirwood stuff like yes. that that stuff's kind of crazy too when you look at that to see maybe what he's dealing with internally and and who he's because the I, I looked it up and i could be wrong but the the person wearing the hound's helm right now is isn't i think it's either lem lemon cloak it was that fighter right or rogue, rogue no, i think uh, it is lem rogue i think it is lem, lemon cloak okay so i think he's he's like wearing it now so like this is i mean these are some of the folk that he's going to go back and uh, and see, there's been great speculation as to like who is Lem Lemon Cloak. That like literally the theories. I can't even keep track. Matt, we like we did like this whole thing with like who is this per the secret identity thing that we did, Matt, the other, like a couple right. weeks back. Um, so because we, I guess we think of these characters who I often think of the characters who were around during the time of uh, Robert's Rebellion and could tell us more about the Tower of Joy, could give us insights or secrets about things that happened um, during the year 280, you know, or two, 283 or whatever it was when all that stuff was, was kind of going down in King's Landing. So I'm interested to see if he runs across a character like that. Like if Lem, Lemon Cloak is secretly somebody else and he is right now wearing the Hound's Helm and that's yeah. maybe where Brienne is taking Jamie. Then we oh, have, a, then we have, maybe a, she a, think she could even think it's the Hound. Yeah. So, cause, cause, we don't know. Right. I mean, that's that he does take that and it's Thoros who says, no, you know, you, you probably shouldn't. So it just to me, but people speculate that he was a former, like he has this lemon cloak that was once a white cloak, right? That he was once a Kingsguard member, possibly. That's a theory. And then you have Jamie, a Kingsguard guy going possibly to see someone like Lem Lemon Cloak. I don't know if those all are going to pay off. And this is where you get into the crazy tinfoil stuff, Nikki, which is what we wade into. And it's just to <laughs> yeah. see a tinfoil. But I'm I'm yeah. all for it. You know, I'm like, I'm like, okay, maybe there is something there because this is a guy like who's been there speckled in with the brotherhood um and has seen a lot witnessed a lot and who knows maybe he's more significant th than, than we think and just the fact that he has that um the hound's helm is is interesting brian's taking him there so i don't know just just thoughts random stuff we don't have to take it anywhere it's just we sometimes throw out those those bits for people to you know, go, go read it again, go experience it and say, yeah, is there something there or, or could you yeah. go that route? Cause it's yeah. kind of fun to yeah, speculate. <sighs> okay. Um, let's, let's dive into, let's dive into Cersei. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 
this is like where things like I man, I mean, she's such a like huge, huge player. So ultimately, like you know, we know she does her she does her walk of shame. That's like a big, big, big moment. Um, she's still dealing with the kettle blacks, they're still there. Um, Lady Tiana, right? Cersei's going through Cersei's going through like a lot of emotional um <laughs> sort of stuff uh going on with all of this and she's introduced to her new kingsguard champion robert strong um and then so finally cersei dines with tommen's regent her uncle kevin who has been trying to repair the damage cersei has done she requests the lady tenna yeah <laughs> diana merriweather attend um again uh her wants her innocence is proved although kevin has no news of jamie cersei seems certain of his safety believing she would know if he were dead later that evening varus and kevin uh varus has kevin and picel murdered to keep the realm in chaos mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> yeah this is a crazy i mean just you know cersei is uh is is let loose here i did something when was this uh just the other day on the whole Meriwether situation, Matt, right. you, know, you and I were talking yes. about that. Yes. And the, the, the company that Cersei keeps, I don't know if, if uh, maybe I'm wrong about this, but it does seem like, yeah, that they might turn on her or that there's something else going on. There's a great theory that I never even knew about, and I'm not going to go in detail on it, but that, how do you say her name? Is it uh, Ty, Tyna, Tana, Tana, Meriwether? I, yeah. Tana, yeah. Just roll with it. The, the, he, he, he probably says it five different ways in the audiobook, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, have, I have no idea. So anyway, she, she's the one who's like sleeping with Cersei, you know, and, and really kind of just closer. But she never brings her child, Russell, Russell Merriweather. She never brings him or whatever. And I stumbled across this, that, that awesome theory that maybe it was a Robert uh, Bastard, that maybe he's a Robert Bastard. And somebody went all the way back into there's a reason why she wouldn't want you know, the seed is strong and wouldn't want to see him and that we might see him later. This is what George does, right? It's very odd that numerous times she refuses to bring the child. Why? And it, it seems like, is it Orton, her, her husband, right. possibly, yep. possibly gay um, and, and wasn't, you know, uh, I, so th there's all sorts of crazy stuff with the people who are around Cersei also being uh, where they bought. Are they, do they work for Littlefinger? Like, like the kettle blacks at one point, do they work for uh, the Tyrells, Varys? I feel that's the other piece that's kind of hard to sift out is who was working for who around Cersei, who's actually loyal to her. And really, they want to put family first. And that seems like the smartest thing that the Lannisters could do, which is to trust only their family. But then they so the way they treated Tyrion was so awful that it's kind of it's ironic that he ends up being a part of their great undoing, if you will. So, yeah, I don't know, just just some random thoughts on on Cersei. But yeah, Nikki, what what are your thoughts about like just um I don't know, the maybe the people around her or uh, I know you kind of said that uh Well, you know. um I think one of the one of the big parts of Cersei's undoing is um her refusal to pay off the Iron Bank debts. Um yeah. because they just turn on the entirety of West Westeros and say, right, no more debts. Um mm -hmm. everyone needs to pay up now and everyone is suffering as a result of it so um i can i can imagine it doesn't matter who you are or um you know what you, what your titles are etc it, it's it's the iron bank who calls the shots so 
I think there's going to be a lot of hate for her. Um, anyone who might have once been an ally um, who's suffering as a result of that. Um, yeah, I think it's all a bit up in the air. I think that was such a, a bad move from her. Um, it's, it's gold at the end of the day. Everything comes down to gold. Um, so any allies she thought she might have had, it depends how they've um, done as a yeah. result of her actions with that. Um, yeah, I do think it is sort of heavily implied that everyone around her is just telling her what she wants to hear anyway. So I can't yeah. really think now that now that there's not going to be a Kevin, I cannot really think of anyone, perhaps Jamie, um, yeah. who's really going to be on her side for the right reasons because they care about her. Yeah, you know, the other person that's interesting, she, she has Sir, Sir Robert Strong, right? He's mm. the, yeah. right. Can I, and then yeah. yes, Kyburn. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk. Well, I'm gonna talk more about Sir Robert Strong because I get I I want to mm -hmm. I'll dive into the text, but yeah, go ahead. I didn't know if you were gonna dive into him or not. Oh no no, I just was saying like that. Oh, you're looking sorry. for like like <laughs> yeah. allies around him, you know, looking for or, or her. Sorry, around Cersei. Yeah, and trying to figure out like like who are those people that she could still would go to and confide in because the Merryweather's like fled, you know, um, and there was this idea of, of bringing them back perhaps. By, by Kevin, but they're they're gone. That looks suspicious, you know. So as close as they were to her, it was all an information grab and all plotting to kind of, you know, uh, imprison or get Cersei in trouble with the faith. I mean, there's a double cross going on there. So yeah, I think she has to look for her allies, and we're trying to figure out like who is that. And I, I think what the show did again, hate to say this, but they kind of it's it's the full on throw your armor on. Like it was a visually representative. Like she almost has like. She's armored up in the sense that she's not letting yeah. anybody in. No one's coming into her bedchamber. No one's, she's not making marriage alliances. She's not doing that. So she's going to really harden up, I feel like. And that's something that even to the point where even Jamie couldn't maybe break through that if he, if he did come back. So that's, that's kind of where we're at. I mean, she's doing stuff. I, I like to bring up these little houses sometimes. Um, house uh, Stokeworth, right? So you had uh, Lully's, you had, you had Sir Braun who's yeah. going over there. Uh, she's got this whole plot with Falsy, uh, Stokeworth to like kill Braun and 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 do different stuff there. So yeah, like like who's going to inherit? Because the, the the big piece with um, Nikki said the the bank, the Iron Bank is not is not backing them. They they can't buy uh, the food that they need. The people will turn on Cersei, and this is what Tyrion sort of realizes. That's why you needed. Uh, House Rosby, and you needed the Stokeworth. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Family, those surrounding houses, like George is really good at making it realistic and that like we need their harvest. We need uh, food and resources and things like that. And that plays into this. It's something that makes it a lot more believable and more politically kind of uh, stirring, I guess. So, yeah, I just think it's, it's interesting to keep an eye on all of those little houses that are people that she might turn to or that have have turned against her because she's plotting to kill Braun and the likes of, you know, like she's she's distancing her. She like allies that she could have had. They're they're not following. They're not uh, they're not winning or she's done something. And then whoever takes their place is like not a fan of Cersei's. So, yeah, as it's so perfect that you bring that up, because this is what this is the point I was going to dive into. So, yeah, let me, uh, I'll, um, dive into the text here. So, first of all, this chapter, by the way, and just free looking over it is where George R. R. Martin shows everyone that he is like an absolute god when it comes to writing <laughs> uh, because it's utter, it's insane. So the chapter Cersei's final chapter of a dance with dragon starts and she's like on the last night of her imprisonment. This is the, you know, like walk of shame, everything. She's going to all have guards. They'll keep the c- crowds away. No one will be allowed to touch me. The High Sparrow had promised me as much. Uh, even though then she's afraid, right? And she's beginning to pace her cell, restless as the caged lions that lived in the bowels of Casterly Rock when she was a girl, the legacy of her grandfather's time. She and Jamie used to dare each other to climb into the cage, right? Uh, but the whole point is, is she's she's thinking she's thinking all of these things. I'll have guards. They'll protect me. No one's gonna like hurt me. And then she's mm-hmm. thinking about like lions and like, you know, being a Lannister and all of this stuff. Well, she goes on the walk of shame. It obviously goes uh, a different direction than she thinks. Mm-hmm. And she's humiliated. And it's just like, you know, terrible event for her. Justified, maybe. But, you know, terrible, <laughs> like yeah. ter- ter- terrible event. Um, however you want to view it. And then at the very end, the way this chapter ends is after she's done this entire thing is you know no her savior was real eight feet tall or maybe taller and it's robert strong this monster character that came from kyburn right but still in a way sort of her design is now like her number one ally is this Mm. like monstrous creature who's like you know probably bound through some sort of weird you know like blood magic science whatever to cersei is her like number one ally after she starts the chapter thinking like I still live in this world where I'm the queen and everyone has to bow to me. And then she's forced to face reality that no, you're human just like everyone else. And now after going through all of that and she's probably like hateful and angry and going through every emotion imaginable, she's given, you know, Robert strong. It's like, okay, I know what I'm going to do now everyone who's ever wronged me like get ready <laughs> like, yeah yeah get ready like this is, yeah so i mean i it's, it's mad full-on mad queen is probably like what isn't next? robert controlled by kyburn or that's sort of directed because the 
Kyburn's an interesting one because he seems to be um, very, very open to Cersei's madness. Um, and I wonder if that's just simply because she's the only one who's allowed him to do it. And if that suddenly stops for whatever reason, um, how quickly would he be to turn on her? If that kind of like makes sense. And I do wonder if he's the one in control of Robert Strong or sort of directing him. Um, yeah. Is that going to go wrong for her at some point? Yeah. Could. Another big thing with, with that, and that's a really good point, Nikki, like that people wonder where Kyburn came from and who mm. is he loyal to and like, <laughs> Who is he maybe working for? Did he have him? I mean, is he just some wayward um, agent of, I don't know, like, not, not chaos necessarily, but like, like, what are his goals and his motivations? Is someone paying him? Is, is he working for someone? Uh, he's this disgraced maester who now is experimenting and doing all these crazy stuff. And we see him at a scary place in, in Harrenhal, right? Um, and then he ends up, you know, being there, uh, helping out with... Um, Tywin's, you know, uh, when Shay is found and all that kind of stuff. So he's just there. She just sort of like bring, brings him in. It's almost like one of the mistakes that I think she makes is she has so much so much mistrust of the people right in front of her, right around her, that if you're new and if you're in the back, she's because that's what Kyburn really was. She like brings him in out of nowhere and just sort of like gets some loyalty pledges from him. And then he's he's with her. But where did that guy really come from? And is mm. he really how long is he going to, you know, stay close to Cersei or power or because I think also he just wants to maybe do his thing. And if whoever he thinks is going to allow him to continue his experiments and do his work, right, maybe he's yeah. going to. I do doing. wonder if it is as simple as that. Um, yeah. But yeah, if it got if it got to a point where. You know, someone else said, oh, I've, I can give you a much better laboratory. I can give you X, Y and Z. All you've got to do is turn him on Cersei. OK, yeah. fine. It, could it be as straightforward as that with him? Because like you say, where do his loyalties truly lie? Yeah. Yeah. And we just well, don't know. And, right. We don't know. And another thing, the wordplay, the color uh, association around Cersei is all from the get go. And, and, and I truly believe this. Like, I know that there's these breadcrumbs that are laid in like a Clash of Kings. Um, and then they pay off at the end of that book. But what George has shown or what, what I what I believe he's doing is that like we think we've seen the end of something like we like a prophecy or we've seen. So. So, OK, um, wildfire. Right. Cersei has all of this. Uh, she she the, the green, the emerald, the black, all the different color wordplay around her suggests that she's into wildfire and, ha and has some some sort of a connection with it. Right. And it's like something that Tyrion then sort of takes and they use it to, to defend the city. But then later on in the show sh uh, shows us that she's obsessed with it and she uses it as a tool later to destroy the Sept of Baelor. So if the Robert Strong situation doesn't work out, it's one of those things that like George could come back to that. Like, remember, I told you in the, in the I showed you in the beginning that she's used this tool before when all else fails, when people around her agents or whatever fail, she's she became obsessed with this. And it's a tool that she might use to destroy wreck the city do something before young griff comes in like if the tyrells are defeated or or maybe something happens with her son i mean if the sand snakes do end up killing marcella or marcella kills herself she could just say dunzo and uh wildfire this whole thing and, and be kind of kind of done with it so i don't think that's done i think people think that her upset uh, this whole wildfire piece was over because it was over after the battle of the blackwater bay and matt has found a lot of suggestions that like when George makes a connection that we think like sort of uh, 
I don't know. The, the saddest sound is the bells. Right. Was the right. was the coolest thing I, I've ever heard. Like like that Matt kind of came like figured out the idea that the ghost of High Heart was talking about the red wedding, and everyone says, well, the saddest sound was the little bells, the innocent um, who was killed that Catelyn kills. But then all along, there's this other element that the saddest sound could also be the bells, the episode, the bells that was ringing when King's Landing was destroyed and that George does that kind of stuff. And I mean, the show is the showism, right. but like, could he be doing more of that kind of stuff with the Lannister characters who have been around since the beginning? Is, right. I guess. Yeah, a lot of. Yeah, I I think a lot of times we view prophecies and we sort of think once one lines up with something like a lot of the stuff that Patchface says, it's like, OK, well, that. He says at the beginning of like book two, and then a lot of it could die directly into the Battle of the Blackwater. Well, I don't know. It could, but it could also reference something we haven't even seen yet. That like, and it's almost like George, who's like the master manipulator, is saying, Oh, I actually set you up to think it was going to be this, but it's actually this other thing, like down down the line. Cause that's what he does all the time. I mean, that's what he does. Like his entire arc is like, I'm going to set you up here, but no, it's actually like a triple fake. He's like, you know, got quadruple agents and everything like that. So, um, yeah. So, okay. So real quick, just one, one more thing here on search. Then we can, then we can move on. Um, so, uh, as again, cause like what you guys are, what you guys are saying here about this, uh, I just wanted to, this, this last little bit of the chapter to the final Cersei chapter, um, again, is, uh, as she's walking, right, she's she's thinking about all this stuff, and then it says, no, her savior was real, eight feet taller, maybe taller, with legs as thick uh, around as trees. He had a chest worthy of a plow horse and shoulders that would not uh, disgrace an ox. Um, his armor was plate steel, enameled white and bright as a maiden's hopes, and worn over gilded mail. Remember, this is all, everything that George sort of writes through a character's point of view is, like, incredibly important. Um, you know, she thinks she's dreaming and then she herself is given a white cloak like Tommen names her, uh, you know, uh, Tommen, her precious little boy had named her a champion to the Kingsguard. So is she in a is she in a like a better place strategically after the walk of shame? Because she has to go through this terrible ordeal and then she's given a white cloak as a champion of the Kingsguard mm -hmm. and she's given Robert Strong who she, she she views as like her savior and then as the line you say here too i mean this is just yeah. george doing it cersei never saw where kyburn came from yeah of course i know it's of course it's literally yeah. him just she didn't see where he walked out of this time but nobody ever saw where no he one actually came, came from, from matt that, that, that okay sorry nikki this is the kind of stuff that we like like freak out about right no no it's like, cool Right. Cersei never saw where Kyburn came from. None of us know where freaking Kyburn came from. And that's what I'm talking about, George. That's, that's, why, I, that's why I love this series. And it's freaking great, you know. Um, well, let me ask Nikki a question, too, about, about this. Like, do you think, just a couple things, and you, you don't ever have to commit to anything, because I'm super noncommittal. I'm sort of like, right. you know what, <laughs> this, 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 this could go any one direction, which is why I love reading multiple theories. So, I love theorists who, God bless them, they are they're willing to like lay down in writing. I believe it's going to happen this way, then this way, then this way, then this way. I'm not very good at doing that. I like to like think of a hundred different ways it could go. But do you think that a couple things? The the Septa Baylor. Do you think Cersei will get to a point where she might use that? Because Matt said he's she's in this position where she has a champion. She's back protected. She will never let herself go probably near the faith again. Um. Any thoughts on that? Like, like, would we see something or maybe not even that, but 
to something like it? I don't think we're done with the wildfire um, at all. Um, she'll use that, I think. Yeah. Whether it's like, whether it's on the Sept of Baylor, I, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if it went down that way, and I don't think it would feel out of character for her, for her to do that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just what step she takes to sort of get to that decision. That's what I would be interested to see. But um, yeah. if it's not the Sept, it will be something else. She will 100% blow something up. She already yeah. did it with the um with the tower of the hand. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she's not a it's not beneath her by any means. Right. Yeah. And what is it true that wasn't she the one in did doesn't she originally kind of amassing the the, the wildfire? Is that right in the in Clash of Kings? I think because remember Tyrion figures out that Cersei and right. that, that Cersei is doing that, and then he's like, Okay, actually not a bad idea. Like we could use that. She's gone, she's crazily amassing. Right wildfire that's like her that's not like anyone else really coming up with that so is it yeah isn't it La does lancel tell him doesn't he is it I lancel so. who's the one who tells yes. him yeah. um when he threatens lancel and he's like oh okay i'll tell you what i'm gonna i'm gonna have that um because yeah. he wants to wind her up basically um mm. and he'll he'll make good use out of it so yeah it is cersei who was gathering all of that for for what reason we don't know um yeah. but yeah yeah, just sort of a wild thing. You think like, um, did she have any strategy and how she was going to use right. that? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because it's Tyrion who comes up with the strategy. She had something else in mind, which I think is something she'll go back to later and say, you know what? It's time to go back yeah. to plan A. And yeah, yeah, because yeah, right down. now, right now, I would say it feels like Cersei because Cersei's la final line is when she looks at Robert Strong, she says, yes. Oh yes, is like the final, like her final line. Like, oh god, here we go. So, you know, I think I think there's a few directions that she could go because at this point, I'm pretty sure in the show, Marcella's dead, right? In the yes, show, yeah. She's in the in, show. Yeah, she in the show, she's dead. Tommen is still alive, but Tommen's kind of intertwined with the faith because um, she hasn't blown up the Sept of Baylor yet. So obviously, um, we can just dive into these two characters quickly, like Tom and Marcella, because it kind of ties in ultimately to what's going to happen with Cersei. I'm so I'm kind of a believer, and I think that Robert Strong is like is going to go down in Clegane Bowl, which I think I think that the Hound is like the gate, the groundskeeper or whatever at the Gravedigger, and he's like at a monastery or whatever. And I think that like the faith could choose him as a champion since he's like tied in maybe right now with the faith. And then we could have the game bowl happen earlier than it happens in the, in the show. And maybe like they do have a trial by combat. If that were to happen and Cersei were to lose, then it could be like, okay, now Cersei has to go to the Sept of Baylor as her punishment. She could still blow it up, but some of that's going to depend on Marcella and um, Tommen you know i think ultimately to where george would want this event to happen after this and this because i don't think tom is jumping out of a window and killing himself at all um and as and i've talked about the possibility man it seems like marcella she's still so important because she could like get further entwined with the the door in it. i mean there's like there's so many different angles that she could go in than her just getting killed because they already maimed her and mm -hmm. so I don't I think if they if George was going to kill her, he would have already done it. So I think the show is like, well, we just got to figure something out. So I mean, Nick, like, what do you what do you kind of think of like Marcella and, and Tom? Mm. Tom, I'm not sure, because isn't he like eight or nine years old? 
Yeah, he's young. At this point in the books. Yeah, yeah he's a baby. Um, I really don't know, because he's so impressionable, bless him. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really know where Tommen would go. Um, it, I, I think going back to what you guys said earlier about maybe Jamie going back to King's Landing, it. I think it would depend on, like, I really like what you've just said about Cersei losing a trial by combat because that just pushes, pushes her further into desperation and she does stupid things when she's desperate. So yeah. would Jamie go and take Tommen out of King's Landing knowing that something was going to happen? Um, Marcella, I, I don't know because um, was it Ariane Martel mm -hmm. was planning to crown her and, and start a war? Yeah. Yes. So... Right. Because the Dornish plot is a bit up in the air now, because they've just learned that Aegon's alive and he's and he's back in right. Storm's End. So I'm, I'm just kind of like branching out. I'm, yeah, it's really tough. I suppose it depends on sort of how. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? How absorbed Marcella is with with the Dornish um, yeah. and with the Martells, because um, I think she's going to have to pick a side soon, definitely. Yeah. And the the one bit we were trying to think you know this this sucks that we try to do this but we try to match like like uh, if there is a suicide among like uh cersei's children if it weren't tommen we were like well could it could could it be Marcella, right matt i mean we kind of thought maybe yeah we we talked about that once um the idea that maybe like prince Tristane, uh, if he's gets get, he gets killed yeah. yeah maybe like even cersei has him killed or something like and well, then that was she a there yeah, was a, there was a plot already yet yeah, to, to kill him. Yeah. yeah. And so then she like really loves him. And then so then it's like Cersei. I so to me, that's mm. more especially book Cersei. I think she like Tommen is there, but it's really like her daughter is the one like that you feel like there's there's like that's she really, you know, when Tyrion sends her away, it's like the like she's so much more like bloodthirsty at him than she is in the show. I think she is in the show too. Yes. It's just we just don't we just don't get to see more of it as you do in the books. But the like the idea I I could see that going because Tommen I just don't I just don't see an eight year old kid j jumping out of a window like to to kill him. It just I mean I'm not saying he's gonna live. I think there's a lot of other ways to kill him, but I just I just don't see it being that way. And I think if you did flip it around, I could see Cersei going even that much more mad where she thought she was doing the right thing for her daughter and her daughter killed herself. But again, her daughter could also be the younger and more beautiful queen that ultimately is the reason Cersei gets, mm -hmm. gets like taken out. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Right. There's a, there's another bit too, just with this whole poisoning. So again, Marcella in the show was poisoned, but Tommen right now is supposedly being poisoned. We don't know by, like he's a food taster. One of the Kingsguard members yes. is tasting his food and uh, supposedly like, looks like he's getting sick. So again, Varys. I, who who knows what freaking right. is, is that? Him or is that uh, working? Someone else working from the shadows? You know. So the poisoning seems to be happening right now. An attempt, anyways, on Tommen. There's possibly a way in which Marcella could commit suicide. And again, all of this stuff further just drives to the madness, maybe of of Cersei. And as as Nikki said, just being more desperate and wanting uh, grasping for straws, if you will. So yeah, yeah. it'll be yeah. Okay, uh, we'll take a final character here, and now this is a real uh, gear uh, shift. Uh, we're going to talk about Tyrion, right, who's on the total opposite side of the world. <laughs> so, God, um, and this one, and and uh, right, so Tyrion, I mean, he's over in 
Essos doing his whole thing, right? Um, so I'll just read the last little bit from, from the wiki here. So while aboard the um, Salazori Cohoran, uh, Tyrion makes the acquaintance of uh, Makoro, who sees visions in flames. Tyrion, Penny, and Jorah are captured by a Yunkai slaver and are brought um, by Yezanin Zo. I always the so Zaquas, uh, they and they are instructed by his overseer uh, on how to treat their new master. Tyrion and Penny are forced to perform a mock joust in the fighting pits of Marine, not knowing that they were to be eaten by lions at the end of the show. Daenerys Targaryen, for whom the show was staged, learns of their impending fate and stops before the lions are released. After their new master dies of the blood flux, the trio escapes. Tyrion arranges for the three to join a sellsword company, the Second Sons, under the command of Brown Ben Plum, by promising the company the wealth of Casterly Rock. While the Sons' current contract is to fight Daenerys, Tyrion hopes to win them to her side. So, Nikki, uh, Tyrion. And, and went together. now this was obviously like a total shift of gear from everybody else because this is all Essos and really Dana- what's like what's going on with Daenerys um <laughs> that's where we're at too yeah, so. yeah. I, I think the most interesting thing about Tyrion up till now is he's worked out who John Connington um and Aegon oh he's worked out who Griff and young Griff are mm-hmm. and he was advising them pretty much um so I'll be mm, I'll be interested to see what happens when he if he meets Daenerys and what he kind of divulges to her because da- Daenerys is very much dead set on the throne being hers as Aegon will be as well so is Tyrion going to play the two off against each other because d- d- does he really care what happens to his sister at this point that's kind of that's what I, I want to know. Whose side is he going to be on? Because he's clearly not on the Lannister side. Um, he's, yeah, it's, it is a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I would argue, I think Tyrion at this point, you know, and, and Tyrion's also like not necessarily going mad, but Tyrion's definitely having like a shift in character. Um, yes. Certainly in A Dance of Dragons. Uh, and he's not necessarily like, I wouldn't say he's like full on evil, but he's definitely going darker and darker. Like it, mm. it, it, it feels like um, that he's he's definitely he's definitely going down this path. Ultimately, I, I for me, Tyrion's going to have to I know that he's going to have at least one more meet up with Cersei and Jamie, And I don't know how that's yes. going to go, but he he definitely has sort of unfinished business with them. So he's going to come over with Daenerys somehow and how what i for me that tells me that daenerys and euron like euron stuff probably isn't happening like i don't think that like your any stuff that could potentially happen with euron because i think he's sort of a block for daenerys to get over to westeros like it seems like he's over there and they're gonna meet up and do something um that might all just take place in in Westeros, we could just get like a full on crazy, like mega war going on in King's Landing and like the final thing where it's literally like Euron's there trying to take over, Young Griff's there trying to take over, Cersei's trying to hold the fort down, Daenerys is there, and it's just like the war of every king imaginable, including the Night King. Why not? Uh, yeah, it's just in King's Landing, like everybody's everybody's fighting everybody, and whoever wins wins. It's just free for all, but so. Tyrion for me has to come back over and has to have one final 
showdown with Cersei and and Jamie just for moments. It doesn't have to be a showdown, but just there's gonna there's gonna be moments there. Um, but is that the final book? Because I guess it, so much of it depends on is Daenerys sailing back. Will Daenerys step on Westeros soil by the end of this book, by the middle of this book, or does she just set sail and then she doesn't show up until the next book? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so for me, I'm, I'm just thinking about Tyrion here. Um, as you say, Matt, he's he's going to go have that confrontation. What is his role going to be? What can he offer? I mean, right now he's with Brown Ben Plum. And trying to convince him, I mean, maybe Brown Ben Plum's already, he's already done sort of a, has been working for Danny, right? Or, or something. Um, explains why they switch sides. And then Tyrion's convincing him to come back over. Danny's out of the city. Uh, the Winds Winter chapter, which we don't, we haven't really talked a lot about those in here. We just kind of stick right to what we, what we have because they could be changing. But it is suggested that they are defending that city. And I think Danny will come back and reward those who, who did well or who worked in her service. I think if she were there and met Tyrion originally, it'd be kind of like a no-go maybe uh, just based upon name and all that kind of stuff. But if he does something and proves himself and other members can kind of say, hey, Tyrion's done done well here. And as, as Nikki was saying, like provides information about John Connington and Young Griff and Aegon, all that kind of stuff, that could be really cool to see how you know they're going to... It makes him more valuable. Because my other big thing is, I think Marwyn the Mage is is on his way over to kind of be like a an advisor to her, and so Tyrion likes Varys. He's been with Illyrio. He's actually seen quite a bit of this other big plot. That's a that's a, he's starting to get some of the pieces. the The Sivas game is very important because he's he's a master player of that, and. I think he's going to start to kind of figure a lot of this out and he's going to be pro Danny, but then it's just like, can they, can they do the ultimate pack, the ultimate merger of young Griff or Aegon and Danny? Is this possible? Can they, can they pull this off? Or is she going to be so turned off by another marriage proposal? Um, and she's just going to go full dragon and say, no, screw this. I'm doing my thing. And is is, is Tyrion going to get caught up in that whole, I guess, whirlwind of trying to make this happen, seeing what's good for her, but she's so gone, like, like so far gone, maybe that she just says, no, I'm going to come in and rule with, with fire and blood. You know, she, she might just come in and, and do that. So I, and I don't know how the whole Jamie slash Cersei interaction is going to go, but I just see him being in the, in the mix of all of that. And I think, uh, you know, we're not going to get like a Jon Snow, Danny kind of, Thing Romance. necessarily, yeah, that kind of stuff. So. No. That's just sh show stuff right there. So that's where I think, like, maybe she does have someone who, uh, if it's this young Griff character, but if they've deceived her in some way, right? right. Uh, if they again they sold her to the to the Dothraki, they they did not give her. They said they were going to give Viserys this this army, but they also sent Viserys. He went with uh, Cal Drogo, and secretly Illyrio had another Targaryen that he didn't tell her about, you know what I mean? Like this, this could break down either way. It could be very fracturing uh, actually too, just depending on how they present this, this information, like John Connington, all, all this stuff. That's going to be really, really tough for Danny to hear, you know, in the show, there's this whole bit where when she learns that people like Jon Snow more than her, look at that. I'm, I'm an imposter. I'm whatever. They're propping him up. And now young Griff is already, He's already on my turf trying to go after my throne. 
I don't know that it's going to go. I don't know how it's going to shake out. I think that would kind of maybe be uh, upsetting for her. I don't know. Any any thoughts on that stuff, Nikki? Just um, yeah, that's I think like you say, that's how it's that's what it's going to come down to. How Danny reacts to learning about Aegon because she, I think she mentions him in earlier books um, and, and talks about like oh, I probably would have married him if if I didn't marry Viserys. So. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be suggested to her? And how receptive is she going to be to that? Because like you say, how is she going to react to, hang on, so you guys all knew about this and you never said anything. You just let me go off and and do this. And now you're saying that the throne isn't even mine. So I I think what Tyrion does is going to be very heavily dependent on how Daenerys reacts to learning all this information that she's not the last Targaryen and not even the the real heir, technically. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, it's is Tyrion going to play those two off against each other or is he going to sort of suggest some kind of union between the two? That's yeah, right. that's it, where I can see him going to then eventually come back to Westeros to have that interaction with Jamie and Cersei. Yeah. You know, it could be interesting because... So I just wanted... I had to look up some history on the Second Sons because obviously they're not the Golden Company, but... Because um, that's, I think, the first sort of company, you know, sellsword company we think of because... And then, of course, their ties to the Blackfires and all that stuff. But... The second sons, um, Egg Bittersteel did surf with them for a bit before he left to found the Golden Company. Um, Oberyn Martell served with them for a little bit. It's kind of interesting, really. However, I'm kind of thinking maybe what if Tyrion learns about like more of the sort of Blackfire lineage that's tied to the Golden Company? And then he begins to piece together. Whoa, whoa, wait. Maybe young Griff isn't actually the son of Rhaegar. Maybe he's a false prince. So then that could that could tie a few things together. Tyrion could know he's false and pretend to tell Danny, or this could be how Danny learns kind of the idea through Tyrion that young Griff isn't the real deal. Maybe the Mummer's dragon, right? Which part of her prophecy. And so you could get on that. And then Tyrion is the one who sort of advises her on this. And he could he could lie to her and tell her, like, hey, no, he's the real deal. Maybe her and Griff, and he proposes this marriage, then maybe young Griff is the one who betrays her for love. So there's mm-hmm. there's definitely some ways that Tyrion could actually be yeah. that sort of that that folk that that hinge in that in a, a handful of those th- ideas and theories. Mm-hmm. I can see as I can see as searching now. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, can yeah. see, I can see the I, I, I can see it. the I can see the screens the the, the 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 in his eyes. Because you, you, well, you bring up a really a really cool point that the hist historical like like historically you got the tattered prince connected. You've got Oberyn you just mentioned, Dorne, and then Bittersteel was there and then founded the Golden Company. Right. So it's this offshoot from the Second Sons, and they actually have kind of a bitter uh not not opinion like they almost jealous uh of of the of the golden company they're not they're not as good they're competing you know they're they're kind of competing so that will be interesting to see if she gets what she looks like she's going to get like danny has the second sons as as he said and then the golden company now belong to or are working for young griff Aegon. that's gonna be interesting it's maybe something that that george is doing symbolically or trying to hide clues in there as to What's going to happen? And you said a good word is hinge that like uh, Tyrion, it could hinge this either way, right? He could either bring right. it together, bring it apart. Um, yeah. Interesting. Cool. So. Okay. 
All right. Well, I think we, I mean, the only, I, who's the only, is there any other Lannister left besides Lancel? I just think he's kind of going to, I don't know. He's going to, he's, he's screw Lancel. Probably, he's I, probably going to yeah, die. I, I mean, yeah, like, he's, not good way. <laughs> he's, he's just probably going to die. Uh, that's, that's, that's where we're at on that. So cool. Okay. Did anybody have any, any final thoughts on any Lannisters? Anything else we wanted to dive into as Nikki, anything? I don't think so. I think just, it's like you guys have said. I think the problem is it's so, it's just so many different ways it could go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the, I'm just happy Matt, that we have a, a Lannister loyalist here among us who <laughs> exactly who is pushing for their arc because I did what George wanted us to do, which was to hate them. Right. Mm -hmm. And then now through Jamie and Tyrion, I'm like, let's go a little bit. You know what I mean? He yes. does right. such a good job of that. I'm like, I hate these guys. Hate them. And then right away, I'm a little bit of me is like, well, maybe that Tyrion guy's not too bad. And then oh, like, Tyrion's that's great. Right. I just, you know, what, what a, an author wants to take you on that journey. I totally bought into and he totally did that. It, he, it's, it's perfect because Jamie later on, we're like, you know what? Actually, I know you push Bran out that window, but I'm in. You right. know, I, I well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jamie, Jamie won. Jamie won for me because I, I I watched the show and then I dove back into the books. But Jamie won of a Storm of Swords was where I was like, where I like fell in love with the books because first of all, a Storm of Swords, I don't know, I, it's pretty much widely considered to be the best book in the series. I think it is. Um, mm -hmm. Our good bet, our good friend uh, Sir Jimmy, uh, who runs a who runs a just book fantasy book. Thing. he says it's like his favorite book of all time he says it's like an absolute god tier um sort of like fantasy book because it, for me the second you you dive into a storm of swords and it starts with jamie this character who's been sort of off screens who's been totally portrayed as a villain the entire time up to it and then you get like his first chapter it's like oh man this is this is just so, yeah. so 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 good yeah so um yeah ab yeah absolutely Go ahead. Nice. Yeah, just real quick. It's it's a it's a good book. And I, just before we let Nikki go, I wanted to ask her uh, just a couple of questions. I know you're probably like, guys, when can we take a pee break here? Because that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> like, like. But anyways, real quick. So, do you have a uh, a favorite character? Um, like out of the whole series, is there one? I know that we've mentioned Lannisters. Is there one of them in particular? And then also, is there any like? Um, not that we have to dive into the theory or anything at all, but like, are there any? theories or predictions that you've heard or, or read or come across or oh, that your own that you're really like i really like this idea or or or, or whatever because for me one of my my favorites has always been lady stoneheart barrack dundarian the brother without banners all that that i've been fascinated by that piece and so i really like it and anytime i get like a lady stoneheart theory i'm i i'm, I'm into it i want to i want to like dive down uh that a bit more everyone loves john snow whatever you right. know yeah. yeah so um Oh, I J Jamie's my favorite character for the exact reasons that you guys have just outlined. Um, you start off hating him because he is just a, he doesn't have his own point of view chapters. You are seeing him through the eyes of the good guys. Um, and then when you start to hear his narrative and you're like, oh God, right. Okay. I kind of, what you did was not okay. But I mm -hmm. kind of get it now. Um, nothing he's ever done is ever sort of, self-centered he's always acting in the interest of other people he, he's never really done anything for his own self-interests and that's really interesting to look at for someone who's perceived to be a villain um i will say i wasn't a massive fan of tyron in the books um mm -hmm. i think he was just very much that sort of uh ruthless military 
sort of character the minute Charles Dance came on screen that was it like Tywin became my favorite immediately (laughs) um and it just changed the way that I looked at him in the book so Jamie and Tywin definitely um yeah if uh mad theories um yeah okay um I know on the spot kind of but yeah no it's cool I I wonder is Lady Stoneheart going to be the one to resurrect Jon Snow oh because oh. yeah, the, the, Rob, yeah, Rob named him as his heir. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at this point, I mean, I suppose she she will know that Sansa's alive, whether she believes it or not. Um, mm-hmm. she's desperate, and she, I, you know, is she going to go up to Castle Black to kind of? Is there a way that she can get Jon Snow? Find out that he's dead. She has the power with the Brotherhood to resurrect him. Is it going she to does. be her? Mm-hmm. Um fulfilling rob's final order if that makes wow. sense wow uh wow so clearly nikki's awesome. coming so clearly nikki's coming back uh at some yep. point so we can dive down that theory uh <laughs> yeah as is the kiss of like, you know, life right yep. one of the one of the things we joke about is that as always brings up you know we call it back to lady stoneheart because he views gotcha. her as like the key to everything mm-hmm. like got to <laughs> it's super important and it like you said it's a really cool Thing. I mean, Melisandre, if she doesn't or if some, there's dissuaded in somewhere or gets moved off of the who knows, they put them on ice. I mean, the ice preserves and then, you know, you bring down this this life kiss, this this whatever that Barrack gave to her. By God, that would and they did that whole thing with Barrack Dundarian in the show. They took him as far as the wall. So who knows? Maybe that is something an arc that Lady Stoneheart goes down or I don't know. That's that's Brill. That's just too it. much. Yeah. Um, in, in in Cat's chapters, especially when she talks about how much she dislikes Jon Snow, mm-hmm. um, there's there's just too much of that. It's talked about too much for someone that she shouldn't really care about. Mm-hmm. She just has this loathing, and her, her objection when Rob said, "I'm going to leg- legitimize him. He's Jon Stark now, and he mm-hmm. is my heir." Um, and she, you know, she didn't like it. She wasn't going to, you know, tell the right. king no in front of all his men. I just think that would be perfect if it was her. It would. To be the one to do it. God, it would. Awesome. Oh, that's great. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. Uh, hey, Nikki, well, thank you for joining us. Um, seriously, thank you so much. This is so, so, so yeah. much fun. Um, thank you so, so guys, much for having me. Hey, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we will definitely, definitely have to bring you back on because I really want to dive down that uh, Lady Stoneheart theory. And I'm sure Ez does because he's a Lady Stoneheart oh, no. loyalist. Uh, and so, uh, all right. So, everybody, go go check out her TikTok. Um, it is uh, Kale, as in, you know, the like K A L E vegetable. Yeah, there's the word I was looking for. You know, you can tell how many vegetables I eat when I can't even remember the word. Kale. EC where there's an underscore after after kale. So thank you so much again. Um, everybody go check her out. You can follow as and I uh, at super games bros and at womp rat underscore two M. So as always, we want to thank you guys for playing the game of Thrones. I don't know what we're going to be discussing next time. Hopefully the house of the dragon, super bowl commercial. Trail. Let's go as quick. Well, this episode will be coming out the Sunday after the super bowl. On, yeah. on, the pod, on the podcast well, we so probably have already covered it hopefully <laughs> well maybe who knows but who knows? hopefully ezra's uh ezra's Bengals get a win tonight you know yeah so, thanks man just you, just gotta get, just gotta throw that out there man hope i'm, I'm rooting for, for you yeah. all 
right. So anyway, guys, as always, I want to thank you for uh, watching. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, thank you for listening. We will see you next time. And remember that winter is coming. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.